DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Miss Megan Thomas, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. So glad to finally meet you. Um, just let's shotgun this thing and get right into it. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, where do I begin? Um, I am an original Georgia peach from Johns Creek, Georgia. I grew up and went to high school outside of Atlanta. Then went to the University of Alabama and got my undergrad degree in broadcast news and geography. So I double majored in those uh, two things. And then I went to Mississippi State and got my master's degree in broadcast meteorology. My first job while in grad school was actually teaching. I taught, um, had class and I taught uh, broadcasting. And then I also worked at the television station in Columbus, Mississippi for about 11 months while I was in grad school. And then before you know it, I was off to Birmingham, Alabama to work at the ABC affiliate there and did that for six years, three years as weekends and three years as mornings, <clears throat> and then moved to Nashville for the ABC affiliate. Gosh, June, July of twenty. 20 so the middle of the pandemic yeah. <laughs> well from there so you also have um let's let's go even further back than that so you you know you are a supporter <laughs> of people who may have you know hearing impairment so how is that like factor into your life is that something you were born with or is it something that happened at an early age or you know how does that work yeah. So, I mean, once I got to Nashville, I created a nonprofit and my children's book called The Heart yeah, of Hearing. And um, the reason I did that was because I posted this um, picture on Instagram and Facebook and it went viral overnight. And that has never happened to me before in my entire life. And I've been in television almost 10 years. Nothing I do <laughs> takes off like that <clears throat> unless it's bad. You know, if it's bad, then it goes Far, but this was like a just a positive post, and I was like, "There's a lot of new faces who are following me on Instagram." And you know, hey, I'm Megan. I like to work out. I have a little Pomeranian, and oh, I wear bilateral hearing aids. And it went everywhere. I mean, Good Morning America picked it up. News Nation in Chicago. I mean, Hear.com, Signia Hearing Aids. I mean, there were so many people who reached out to me, and there are people still reaching out to me almost over a year ago. And people always ask, you know. Well, what inspired it all? Well, my hearing loss is actually just hereditary. It's nerve damage. So my dad is hard of hearing. He's got profound hearing loss in both of his ears. I have profound hearing loss in my left ear, which means I miss about 70% of whatever said. And then on my right ear, I miss about 30% of whatever said that's severe hearing loss. Most people fall in that mild to moderate category. I'm on that lower end. And then my dad's like really low. <laughs> so it wasn't until like, I'd say middle school that I kind of picked up on the fact that I wasn't really hearing much. And that was because during sleepovers, you know, when you have your, your girlfriends and y'all get together and you have sleepovers and um, the lights went off and everybody wanted to talk, but I didn't realize how much I relied on reading lips. So I just always went to sleep oh. and I was always the first one to sleep and I never really thought anything of it. And then I started really picking up that I'm reading lips more often than the average person, but I never really said anything because at home, my mom talks extremely loud because my parents <laughs> have been married 45 years in February. They will be married 45 years. Um, <clears throat> they just celebrated 44. So 
she's always talked really loud. And then my dad has hearing aids, but he also had all these tools at home. So I grew up with like headphones to wear when you're watching TV. And I just grew up with everything um, just elevated. Everything was already loud in my house. So I never really noticed it at home. And my parents didn't pick up on it at home because I just used all those tools and just didn't think anything up. They didn't think anything of it. And when I got to uh, college is when it got really bad. I would say that um, being in those giant auditoriums and <clears throat> realizing I can't see the professor's face anymore and then not being able to read lips. So I was missing so much stuff. I was the girl that was like, what'd they say? Oh, uh, can you say that? What? And like looking over on the other people's paper and be like, what's going on? And then fast forward to grad school, I had a couple of best friends who were like, you're, you're so terrible. <laughs> you like should really get them checked. And I was like, no, it's fine. My dad's like deaf. Um, and you know, I just was like, I, we're not, eh. it's for old people. You know, there's a stigma with yeah. having hearing loss that you've got to be like 60 and older, <laughs> that it's not the case. Um, I'm well represented of that. And so they always need to sit on my right side. They need to tap me on my shoulder to get my attention. And, and more and more, I was starting to realize like, oh, I really am starting to figure this out. And my first job in Birmingham, I was getting what we call an IFB made. So there are these little earpieces when we enter in television that we wear um, to listen to the directors and the producers. And well, they have to put a mold in your ear. And this thing is like fills the whole ear up. So you can't hear anything. It stops it up. <clears throat> And my coworker was, I guess, trying to talk to me. So after they pulled the mold out, he looked at me and was like, Megan, I've been trying to talk to you for like 10 minutes. He even even flinched. I was like, I told you I can't hear really well out of my left ear. And we were getting it done at a, um, like hearing a place. So the audiologist was like, just come back free of charge. We'll test your ears. They feel like you really need this done. And I was like, okay. So I come in and turn out, you know, I have profound hearing loss in my left ear and severe on my right. And he was like, you really need a pair of hearing aids. But what people don't know are hearing aids are not covered under insurance at all. Your audiologist appointments aren't covered under insurance. That's to be 80 to 150 bucks a pop. Hearing aids can go up to five, $6,000 depending on the brand and, and the, the fanciness of them. And so I was 23 and I don't know about you, but I didn't have five to $6,000 yeah. just hanging out in my <laughs> bank account. I was paying off student loans, trying to pay a car. I mean, you know, just like silly things. So like I didn't have that money. And even if I did at 23 years old, I was not going to spend that amount of money on a pair of hearing aids. No. I would have bought a pair of shoes, probably bought jewelry, a purse, something. Right. And so I told my parents and my mom and dad were like, <sighs> they started kicking themselves. Cause I think that they were like, well, shoot, we should have picked up on this a long time ago before it got this bad. And my mom and dad were like, well, we pay for your dad. So we can't really pay for both pairs because that would be $10,000. You know, just, it's just a lot of money. And so they pay for one of mine. And then the audiologist three years later was like, listen, like this one ear is not going to do you any favors because it's nerve damage. The hearing aid actually stimulates the nerves in the backside of your ear so as long as the nerves are stimulated it won't get as bad as quick does that make sense yeah. if i don't wear them they will get progressively worse quicker so the the hearing aids actually are helping me to prolong it just a little bit um and so 
the audiologist, I switched to a new one and she suggested to go through this vocational rehab program. And I did, I had to prove that I needed, you know, my ears in order to do the weather and, and do all that stuff. And so I went to the final fitting and they said, Hey, we're going to you know pay for half of it. I was like, great. I'm ready to max out a credit card. Cause again, <laughs> here we go. And so they actually came back and they said, actually, we're going to pay for all of it. And I remember just sitting in that chair and just crying. And I was like, Oh my gosh, because I was about to go into debt over something that like I needed in order to live my day-to-day life. And it wasn't, it's not covered at all. It just doesn't make sense. So when this post went viral, I took myself back to that place where I felt just like overwhelmed with joy when they told me they were paying for it. So I created this nonprofit called the heart of hearing because I wanted to be able to give that feeling to somebody else, that young professional. And I actually met with a mentor of mine from here or from here, Nashville yesterday. And he's been doing nonprofits for 40 years. And he was kind of like helping me kind of fine tune what I want to do. And his here, Nashville does like, um, lower income families, you have to meet a certain threshold. Whereas I was like, you know what? I want it to be the young professional, the 20 to the 45 who, yes, you have a great job. Yes, you are employed. Yes, you you do make a certain amount of money and you still can't pay for it because, I mean, there are so many other factors in life that come up. I mean, I was 26 and yeah, I was going to pay for it, but it wasn't the most convenient of times. I had a great job. It's just not, it's not something that you really want to spend the money on. And so I kind of want to take that burden off of somebody else. And, um, it's truly the reason why I created it. So from the ages of 20 to 45, we'll take care of your audiologist appointments. We'll take care of, um, obviously the hearing aid itself. And we're throwing a lot of events this year. Our first one is going to be March 26th. If you come to Nashville, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's in Nashville, uh, March 26th at Metabolic. It's a new gym in town, and we've got a bunch of giveaways and different booths will be there. And we only have um, 50 tickets available because the classes could only be a certain amount of um, sizes. And we partnered with a great brewery, New Heights Brewery in town, and, and they're going to throw the after party where you can get you new know, drinks and stuff afterwards. And then. We've got other events in the pipeline, hopefully going to do a golf tournament, a singer-songwriter round, and um, just different events that will help, one, bring awareness to the fact that this isn't just a quote-unquote elderly thing. This is an everybody thing. And also be able to raise money to, at the end of the year, take those applications and review them all and then be able to bless somebody next year with a pair of hearing aids. And on top of all that, I wrote this children's book, I don't know if you can see it. It's called Heart of Hearing, and that's me. Um, <laughs> and um, all of the animals in the book have hearing aids, and my favorite one is the dog. It's a very elementary school book, so it's meant for you know infants through about probably sixth grade, just to kind of encourage them a little bit. <clears throat> and the dog is my favorite because. I have a Pomeranian and my illustrators made it a Pomeranian. It looks just like my dog Daisy. So um, it's, that's my best, that's my favorite part. And then at the very end, the last line really says it all because it says, and I hear it all because I wear my aids 
And I kept it as AIDS. Someone asked me that the other day and I was like, because cochlear implants are still considered AIDS, hearing aids are still considered hearing aids, you know? And so I, I wanted to be able to kind of group them together because the amount of stuff that you miss if you don't wear your hearing aids is something that y'all probably have full hearing, don't understand. I've never heard a car blinker. I still don't hear car blinkers, even with my hearing aids in. I don't hear crickets or the birds chirping, the wind blowing, the air conditioning turning on. Um, there are so many things, the microwave beeping, that drives my boyfriend nuts. Um, <laughs> I just walk away from it. And, you know, it's some of those things that you just like, you you miss so much of, but you don't miss it until it's you've heard it. And then you're like, oh, wow, I need to start wearing my hearing aids. And I understand that like young children, they, it's not the coolest of things. No, but what's wild? But what's wild to me is that they don't, kids don't seem to understand that hearing aids are basically just like glasses for your ears. And insurance companies don't seem to understand that hearing aids are basically just glasses for your ears. So you get, you get insurance for your ears and, and your eyes, but why not, or your, your eyes um, in your, in your teeth, why, why can't you get it for your ears? It just doesn't make sense to me. So, um, hopefully one day soon, actual hearing aids will be covered in insurance. I know that right now the new legislation is like, they're trying to make these things over the counter hearing aids, but all those are going to do is just, they're called amplifiers and they're not real hearing aids. So my hearing aid, this is made by Signia. I love them. They have specifically made this for my ear. Yeah. Like in hearing aids, I missed letters and words in the first part of like the THs or the SHs or double D, like, you know, those letters that kind of sound similar. Hearing aids kind of clarify that. With amplifiers, they don't, but progress is progress. So more people start talking about it, then maybe hearing aids will eventually be covered under insurance, which is my ultimate goal. Well, I mean, <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, I did not know that. I didn't, I did not know that, um, <clears throat> that they weren't covered under insurance. I had no clues. I never mm -hmm. really dealt with this. Uh, my grandfather was hard of hearing working at a sawmill all of his life and never wearing protection, mm -hmm. but he was one of those people that he didn't start wearing them until he absolutely had to, because he thought he didn't need mm -hmm. them. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, saying going back to talking about children, you know, being, you know, a little more self-conscious about wearing those things because they're not as you don't see it. They're not as prevalent as someone wearing glasses, you know, so it would be something right. that's a little more, like, oh, it's not cool to wear these. I don't want to wear them. Or they may be, you know, not want someone to know that they have that issue. But I, I completely mm -hmm. agree. I think that's something that, I mean, your hearing is just as important as your eyes or your teeth. I mean, it's something that I would rather go blind, I think, than lose my hearing. I feel like that I'm, you know, more apt to listening to things than I am seeing them. And <laughs> something that's just crazy to me that you mentioned, you know, not being able to hear like birds chirp or crickets or, you know, mm -hmm. those, those are the little things that are extremely I mean, I guess you don't know you miss them until you do, you know? Right. And like, there was this one time I'd never heard cicadas and I had a new pair of hearing aids in and I walked outside and I was like, what is that annoying noise? And so <laughs> I played the, can I hear it? Can I hear it not? And cause I miss certain frequencies and I guess that's a certain frequency that I just never have heard before in my whole life. So I put my hearing aids in and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. And I turned them off and I or pulled them out and I was like, I was with the person I was like, are they still doing it? And they were like, yes. And I put it back in and I was like, oh my gosh. That's when I think I realized, oh, these things really do work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think it's important too, that you're actually, you know, specifically talking about these amplifiers versus the A's, because I think a lot of people need this education too. And something that you're doing, you know, how did the, how did the kid book happen? 
Honestly, honestly, I wrote it in like a day and I, it was when I was talking to, and it was a while ago and I was talking to the folks at Good Morning America and the girl who was interviewing me, I was telling her about all these ideas I had. I was like, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to write this book. And she was like, girlfriend, you just got to do it. And I was like, but what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all of this costs money. (laughs) And so she was like, just do it. And I said, all right. Um, And so I just did it. I found um, a coworker of mine. She has written a children's book. So I reached out to her publisher talked to her publisher. I said, what do I do next? She's like, you find an illustrator. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. So I Googled illustrators and I got onto Facebook and I joined like a children's illustration group. And I just put like a message out there. And what I mean, I got over a hundred emails saying, here's my work. I would love to work with you and all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. Um, I interviewed a couple people and I fell in love with Miriam and Sean Balsano. They are out of Portugal, like Lisbon, Portugal. We Zoomed, had an interview. Um, Their colors, their drawings and illustrations were exactly what I was imagining. I wanted it to be like bubbly and fun and bright and colorful. And they nailed it. I mean, if you, I need to like post something on my social media, be like, this is what it looked like when I drew it. And yeah. this is how they, came. <laughs> I wish that I need to show like the before and after. like these people read my mind and took this to that. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watching, just watching the, that process unfold, I've had the, you know, <sighs> basically just privilege of working on a few children's novels as they come to fruition. It's, it's, it's something amazing to see someone's idea and then transforming it, you know, into the actual layout and then being, you know, from, from sheer, you know, loosely paper all the way to yes. a hardback <laughs> published copy, you know, it's, it's just a magical yeah. transition. It really is. It was one of those things where it gotten, I came in the mail and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's here. Yeah. It, it was just one of those feelings and I sold over 200 copies of it already. And I'm hoping to make um, connections with schools here in town and different States and get them into just every public school's library or private school's library. Just every school should just get a copy, put it in their library. And those kids who have the hearing aids will see it and maybe want to read it. And I think, it's and I and it's not even just for the kids with hearing aids. It's for kids that don't wear hearing aids to to understand why those who do wear hearing aids wear them. It's because they can't hear the same things as you do. But they if they put them on, I call them my magic ears when I'm talking to deaf and hard of hearing kids. And yeah. they, you know, I've got magic ears too. And you know, they need to realize like kids are going to be kids, and we're going to be, the, and then they're the same as you. Our ears are just a little bit more special. Yeah. No, that's, I think mm-hmm. that's amazing. You said, so how long now to this point, how long has the nonprofit been in service now? So, uh, the book came out in November. Okay. I started all working on this in April of 2021. The book finally got to my doorstep from idea to printed in November. And then my nonprofit, I started the paperwork back in April then too. 
And it finally was accepted by the IRS December 2nd. So this is oh, just this, our so first. We're brand new. We're brand new. We are, we are stinking new. Hey, and it is so exciting. Well, congratulations. I, I didn't know Thank how old you. it was, but you know, hearing all that, I was like, okay, this, this is pretty young and new, and this is awesome. So, well, let me tell you this. I cook at a lot of nonprofit golf tournaments. I will drive to Nashville and barbecue for you guys. You just give me the info. I promise I'll be there, okay? You got um, it. That's like a hobby of mine. I do, we do a lot around here. Um, but yeah, like this is, this is exciting. This is something that, you know, like completely, like a lot of people have issues, but they, you know, and they may have reasoning or, well, it's just crazy, right? The power of social media, right? Because we see so much hate, so much negativity. And, and when something good comes out of that, you know, you do just making that one post and just, you know, whether you're insecure about it or not, you still just talking yeah. about yourself, literally gave so many people so so much joy and then it turns into what it has you know i it's just unbelievable i mean some of the messages i got truly changed my life because honestly i am still insecure about it i miss so much stuff people like people say people start laughing i'm like what was the joke <laughs> i missed it you know and i think that i or when i ask you what would you say like for the fifth time at that point you're just like i heard it <laughs> we'll forget about it. And, you know, people who'd really do know they, they will, you know, rephrase it for me or say something differently or be like, are you sure you heard that? I'm like, no, but I think that, you know, posting about it kind of made my insecurity kind of fade away. I, I didn't realize the amount of messages I was going to get and the positivity that came from it was just unbelievable. I mean, like I said, like we were talking about this earlier, um, I do a show on Instagram every morning called Biscuits and Jam. I was about to bring that up too. I wanted to talk about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do it on Biscuits and Jam. And the other day I had this group, this trio on called Both. And the girl in the group overheard me talking about how I was raising money for my nonprofit and all that stuff. And she like stopped me and she was like, my daughter wears hearing aids and she's like six or seven or something like that. And I said, what? And so she started getting upset and like started like tearing up. And then I talked about my book and she was like, you have no idea what this is going to mean to Daisy. And which is wild. Cause that's my dog's name. And it just was like this full circle moment. We were just like, God is so good. And it's just wild to me that like all of this has played out the way it has. And there's been so much positivity from it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what about mm -hmm. biscuits and jam? So what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Biscuits and jam became this thing. I started, gosh, going on six years now. Um, I went live. This is how old it is. It started on Periscope, which was Twitter's okay. version. Yeah. I was live on Periscope every morning at 7am and then would play music and talk to the people who were joining in and it was just a way of interacting and then moved it to facebook live when they got rid of periscope but my facebook is more just like weather information so i was like i feel weird kind of talking about music and and being goofy on this it just wasn't the right platform well then instagram came out with the live feature and i was like well let's try this so it's been on instagram gosh for almost four years, I would say four and a half, three to four. And then finally, because they would only last for 24 hours. And now finally they, you can save them, which is great. Yeah. But the Instagram live, I used to, this is how it's, this is how it started. I picked a theme every single week 
and people in the studio, whether it was me, my traffic girl, my morning anchors, whoever. So say it was like, you know, TV commercials. Well, you had to like think of a TV commercial that was like a song that, you know, kind of came to your mind. And, and then you would give a little bit of like brief history about it and talk about it. And then on Fridays, the people who were watching got to pick and we would surprise, you know, at the end with what they were playing. Well, when I moved up to Nashville here in June of 2020, I was at, gosh, my first week, I was at this uh, party um, and I met this guy, Nate Smith. And I was like, listen, I have this idea. Would you be interested in like coming on my Instagram morning show? I want to do like a live artist week, like where the artist joins in and, you know, we talk for a little bit and then you play a song. He was like, sure. Great. And at this time he didn't have a record deal. Didn't have a re- Like, I mean, now he's got a record deal. Sign with Sony. Like, I mean, it's kind of wild what's happened yeah. the past two years for him, but he's, he's always been such a good friend to me. And so he's like one of my first friends I've ever met in Nashville. And so he gets on and we're like talking and I'm like, okay, this is great. Well, that whole week I had booked some people just from friends, like Julia Cole and Spencer Crandall and Nate Smith. So those were my first like four people because it's like three to four people because I was like, these are the only people I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to book people I know before I start reaching out to random people. And so I interviewed them and it went so well. Well, I guess that week people caught on and I had a couple of people be like, Hey, are you going to continue with this? Can I hop on? And I was like, Sure. Uh, 205 guests later, um, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to run out of people. Uh, that is not the case. Not in Nashville. And like you ever no. <laughs> and, and this year I have expanded it a little bit. So I have food trucks come on. I have small restaurants oh, come nice. on. I've got, um, a big, some this, this jacket company coming on a, a shoe like if they redo Air Force Ones, they're coming on. I've had a soap company, um, an event planner. So I kind of just like expanded it to be more of like a variety entertainment kind of thing. And, you know, I do it all for free. <laughs> yeah, hey, you need to spin this into a podcast at this point. Come on now. Well, I would love to. I truly would. It's just I do it from 730 to 756 Yeah. Uh, between my Good Morning America cut-ins. Yeah. And I just don't know when I would do it. You just record <laughs> it and then upload it to the, you know, you can still do a live show and then record it and upload it to a podcast platform. That way it's, you know. Oh, you're right. 20 minutes. I know. And then you can get the sponsorships and all that stuff. I know I thought about, I thought of it, but I've, it's, um, it's on my to-do list. I've got a really long one right now, (laughs) (laughs) starting a nonprofit from scratch, writing a book and still doing my career has been um, a lot, but, um, it's all been such good things. Like it has been such good things, but I saw my friends, I was like, I need an assistant. I need someone to like, just sit down and organize my life for me. Cause if you guys saw my Google calendar, you would be like, what's going on. <laughs> and I'm sure so many people can relate, but I have different colors, different. I mean, it is, it is scheduled like tonight. I'm yep. talking to a PTO meeting at like six 30. Yep. 
If so, I you have know, five I, different I, emails and each one of them are color coded different right. on my calendar, yep. like, this is for the mm-hmm. podcast, this is for the marketing business, this is for event company, this is for catering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, I it can, is, I it's like everybody's, everybody's busy. Everybody's yeah. busy. So I'm never like, oh, I'm so busy. I will make time. I will fit it in my life. I'll figure it out. I'll forego sleep. Because I think everybody is important. I think, you know, people have, you know, given me their time and I would love to do that for other people too. Well, I think it's something amazing you're doing too, like bringing on these, you know, artists that aren't signed yet, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. at the ground level, like where you're at, you know, just giving them such great exposure on your platforms. I think that's amazing because they don't get that opportunity a lot unless you walk into the bar they're playing in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because people are always like so thankful and I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) I did this selfishly because I enjoy music and I truly, I started it because I liked music. So when it first came out, like I introduced people to Mitchell Tinpenny. He was like a nobody at one point. And I mean, I wouldn't say it was a nobody. He definitely was a writer, but he didn't have songs on country radio. He didn't have all this stuff going on. And now he's huge in my eyes, but he, I was probably, I feel like I was probably one of the first fans and I was <laughs> playing his music for people all the time. Any chance I could get, I was like playing Mitchell Tinpenny or, or just like some like, um, oh, there's so many, there's so many that I'm thinking of right now that I've like, during those theme days, I was like, oh, let's pick a Mitchell Tempany song or let's pick a Mara Morris or let's do, you know, Ryan Hurd or just somebody different. And now that I have live artists on, it's been so cool to watch their careers actually develop. Like between Nate Smith, I mean, he got signed um, with Sony not too long ago and he is taking off. I mean, his music is so good. He's almost like a Luke Comey. Okay. Luke Combs. I mean, it's really, really good. Um, they kind of resemble each other too, but it's, it's just awesome. And then watching Spencer Crandall, I mean, he's on now on Lauren Elena's tour and then a girlfriend, Tierra, who's actually from Alabama. We had this weird mutual friend. It was weird. I was like talking to her. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is wild. She just got signed by Big Machine. And there's a couple other girls that I've like talked to who are in the process of getting signed. I can't say them all, but um, <laughs> it's just been so cool to watch. And a family member of mine is actually in the music industry. And she was mentioning to me that, you know, what she mentioned, like what you're doing, is great. Like they won't ever forget that, that person who gave them their first shot. No, I mean, it's and I was like, I mean, it's something, like, it's just like anything, like they're having to put the hard work in at the ground level and anyone, you know, willing to give them any type of plug, you know, no matter if it's to 500 fans or, or 50,000, you know, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. huge thing. It really is. Yeah. Some, some days I get five or 500 views. Some days it gets 8,500 views. Yeah. It just depends on, um, Face, face, not Facebook, Instagram's algorithm. Sometimes it's a little sketchy, but you know, it's, um, it's been, it's been cool to watch. And I think I've just really enjoyed seeing some of these artists really take off. It's been, it's been cool on my end. Cause I feel like, Oh, I found them when they were hidden and yeah. now there are these big things. Yeah. Well, uh, shaking back to, you know, the, you know, childhood hearing aid, um, what would be something like you would tell, like, say we're having some parents maybe listen that have, you know, a child that may be hearing impaired early on, like what signs to look for? Or what would you notice that, like, like, did you notice at some point in later life looking back, oh, I missed those things. You know, this is something for awareness. You could tell someone, you know, to look for or something like that. That's an amazing question. And I haven't really thought about it, but off the top of my head, I would say to, to my parents always thought I was just being a brat and ignoring them. 
Mm. When in fact, I really, truly wasn't. I just couldn't hear them, especially if I was upstairs and they were downstairs. I heard just mumbling. I had no idea that they were saying my name. I would also look out for if they listened to the television extremely loud. Yeah. Um, I feel like every kid does that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'm like, well, turn and, the TV down. Well, I will tell you also um, that hearing loss is now one of the most, I don't know how to say this. It's like the biggest problem, I guess, in this generation, Mm -hmm. because we've grown up with AirPods in our ears and turned them all the way up. Um, And so more people in the millennial age group have now suffered from hearing loss. And I think that if if you've noticed your child kind of being aloof or watching the TV too loud, or they come home and they're like, I really don't understand what's going on in class. I would just ask them like, how do you think your ears are? Or just take them into an audiologist appointment and you can get the answer just like that. That's a really good point. I I think I was probably just getting into middle school, but I was, I could, I started not being able to see the board. You know, mm-hmm. but I was like, I, hell no, I'm not getting glasses because that's not mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, I, and I think I fought that. That's one big issue, you know, whether from hearing or, or seeing or whatever. Like, I think I fought that for like a year and a half to two years before. I, just like you were talking, you know, early on, you kind of fought it, too. Like, I fought mm-hmm. that because I was worried about what someone thought for me to go get a glasses appointment. Yep. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, I think and the other thing that I hate is that young children and even adults when they see somebody wearing hearing aids, they start yelling really loud. Yeah, and like, you're like, yeah what's up with that? Yeah, or not. And or they do this thing where they really <laughs> enunciate. And you're like, um, yeah, yeah, it's not how this works. I read lips like a normal person. So if you're talking like a normal person, I'm going to understand you. But if you're doing this weird thing with your face, it's just not working out for me. And you don't need to yell at me. You don't these. These bad boys, they work. So, like, <laughs> if I have them in, great. If I don't have them in, then we have other issues. But, yeah. On the advert side of that, what would you say to someone who is older and may just be someone similar to what you were positioning you were in to where they just kind of refuse to do it until it's almost like time where you have to? Yeah, someone actually asked me that. Someone um, my age like DM'd me on Instagram and they were like, hey, like I have hearing loss, I think, but like I don't even know where to go. And I was so just go to your audiologist. It's it's worth it. It it's a game changer. I mean, I miss so much stuff. And especially in big auditoriums or at dinner on dates and stuff, like it's loud in those restaurants and you cannot hear. Like I could not hear the person in front of me. And then I felt uncomfortable. And so the older I've gotten, I'm like, listen, I can't hear. So I'm going to need yeah. you to talk about But um, And, and, you know, I think that someone my age, you just got to bite the bullet. You just got to do it. And there are programs out there to help mine. There's, there's so many across the country that are willing to help with the financial burden. Awesome. Well, look, I've had a great time today. Is there anything, any last plugs you want to do? Any, anything before we wrap up? Yeah. Here? Any words of encouragement to anyone? I would just encourage everybody to realize that they are beautifully and wonderfully made and you have whatever you have going on. And it's for a reason. Like I became a broadcast meteorologist to, for this platform to present this nonprofit and this book and to hopefully change generations to come. You can find out more information on theheartofhearing.org. You can read about 
the nonprofit, who I am, my board members, and why they are intrigued in this nonprofit. You can donate and you can also buy a copy of the book. Awesome. Well, I'm not cutting you off yet because I just realized something. I've never done this, but I just realized I want to ask you something else. So I'm about to go completely backwards again. Why meteorologist? How did you get into this? Okay, that's wild. Um, So (laughs) I got got into weather because my parents sent me to space camp in Huntsville um, in seventh grade, fifth grade and seventh grade. And I went for a week in the summertime. And it's so nerdy. I think about it now and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) But I... I had the best time of my life. And actually one of the guys that I, um, you know, he's my space camp boyfriend. Um, he and I are still friends to this day. He lives out in Arizona and my family, when we would go out there, we grew up, we went out there quite a bit and, um, we always met up. He always would come to the, to the lazy river or like the resort. And I mean, I made such lifelong friends there, but that's really where I fell in love with the idea of weather because space, the sun runs everything here on earth. And it's very interesting how it does ocean currents. And I mean, it's just gravity, like the moon, I mean, everything about it was so cool to me. And then I got into television because I started doing our morning announcements in eighth grade. So I, I mean, hi. So I started doing that in, in middle school and then um, in high school, I hosted my high school's pep rallies and I was the vice president of the school. And we, that's really, I got rid of my fear of public speaking. Like talking in front of your friends is way harder than talking in front of people you don't know. Um, Cause those high school friends are going to make fun of you oh, yeah. <laughs> if you say something weird. And they did, I was not perfect. Um, and so I did that. And then I also hosted our television show all throughout high school. And so it was a, just a seamless transition almost. And when I got to college, I didn't know what to minor in. I was minoring in geography because I still loved weather. And I, uh, a girl, Courtney, was like, you could double major and you could really get more out of this. And I was like, okay. I don't know why that was more work, but, you know, I did. And I had a concentration in severe weather and climatology. And so my undergrad degree is in broadcast news and geography. Awesome. Yeah, I had it. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold on, before we wrap this up, yeah. ask for these things because it interests me. It always interests mm-hmm. me how someone gets from you know A to B, and it definitely all the things in between, right? Isn't it crazy how like sometimes your life just like pans out? And I went to like my high school's reunion, and everyone was like, Megan is like the one person who's like done exactly what she's wanted to do yeah. since she was little, and it's true. I I've always just loved to do it, and. Um, I was that girl that got in trouble for talking all the time and here I do it for a living. So. Yeah, it is, it's always funny. It's, it's always awesome to see someone, you know, grow, you know, whether it's your peer you grew up with or just someone in your network, you know, mm-hmm. watch that mm-hmm. whole transition. Mm-hmm. Well, let's wrap this thing up. All right. Uh, Instagram. You want to drop your Instagram for anyone? Who, yeah, you can, follow? you can. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. It's Meg Tom WX, or you can follow the heart of hearing page on Instagram. It's just called the heart of hearing. And, um, yeah, Meg Tom WX is where I post everything and anything. So you can find me there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. See you.